Okay. <clears throat> We're doing now Friday's portion of Tzavah. What we just finished was the consecration of the altar of the priest of the priestly garment and the verse continues this is what you should offer upon the altar meaning that we consecrate it now what are we doing with it this is what you offer upon the altar sheep within the first year to each day continually next verse you shall offer the one sheep in the morning and the second sheep shall you offer in the afternoon next verse and the tenth of fine flour mixed with a quarter hin biblical measurement of oil of crushing the poor offering of a quarter hin wine for the one sheep Rashi explains there that this tenth of a fine flour is a tenth of a what was a tenth of a biblical measurement called an apha which was equivalent to 43 and a fifth of the volume of an egg the quarter hin of oil of crushing Rashi clarifies there's two types of oil. Let's explain what this means. Oil of crushing means oil that was extracted through crushing it, which is the finer quality oil. And then there was a lesser quality oil that was extracted through milling, where you could have been ground up and there could be a little bit of sediment. So here, we're talking here not about lighting the lights of the menorah of the candelabra. We're talking about the menachos. The flower offerings that had oil and have oil of crushing. The question is, does that mean that all the oil used for these fine flower offerings have to be that higher caliber oil of crushing? I didn't think so because we use the term oil of crushing when we're talking about lighting the menorah, the candelabra. I thought that was a discrimination. And therefore, only for that menorah light must it be this highest quality oil of crushing? And for the fine flour offerings, you could use a lesser grade, of course, still very high quality oil. So Rashi clarifies, yes. And what we're saying here is only, since by the menorah, by the candelabra, we clearly explicitly said we must have oil of crushing, we might think this oil is excluded, it's disqualified from use for the fine flour offerings. It's not disqualified, it's just not necessary. So therefore, to make sure we understand it's not disqualified, we're saying here to mix the fine flour with this oil of crushing. But if you don't have the oil of crushing, and you have the next grade of oil, which was ground through the mill, that's also completely fine for the fine flour offering, though it would, of course, be unfit for lighting the lights of the, you know, of the candelabra. And then you want a quarter of a hin of wine per sheep, and a quarter of a hin is another relugin, which is another biblical measurement. And the port offering, as Rosh explains that what do we do with this port offering here of wine? Every day of the year they have this offering of pouring wine on the altar. On the days of the holiday of Sukkot, they poured water. So when it says it was literally poured because they would have bowls, two silver basins, which they had at the end of the altar that were pierced with two thin like nose-like projections. And he would the priest would put the wine into the bowl, the silver basin, then it would flow out by way of this nose, so to speak, nostrils, and come onto the roof of the altar. Now, in the temple, it would flow down to the foundation of the altar. In the tabernacle, when we are transporting everything, it would descend to the ground. The verse continues, you shall offer the second sheep in the afternoon, like the meal offering of the morning, 
like it's poured offering, so you offer for it, for pleasing fragrance, a fire offering for God. So morning and afternoon, we offer the sheep with this offering of flour mixed with oil, with this wine libation. And we do the exact same thing in the afternoon. And the verse says the pleasing fragrance. So what's the pleasing fragrance here? The meal offering that accompanied the poor offering. First, they would offer the limbs of the animal that was completely burnt up. Then the meal offering, which has this libation with it. So the pleasing fragrance describes anything burnt on the altar. So it applies to the animal that's consumed. It also applies to the meal offering as well, which is also consumed. It's not applied to the libation because that's flowing downward. That's not consumed on the altar. Next verse, as a continued Ola offering, Ola meaning an animal that was completely burnt for God. The priest didn't get anything and the owners didn't get anything. It was completely, entirely for God. For your generations, at the entrance of the tenth of meeting before God, I will arrange audience for you to speak to you there. So, the verse says this is a continual offering, which doesn't mean that constantly, nonstop, there was always this animal burning, which was not true. As we learned earlier, in the beginning of this portion, when we discussed the lighting of the menorah, that was also continual, it means it was a constant on a regular basis, as was here, from day to day, twice a day, without any interruption, these, these animals were burnt. Then the verse says, in this place where I'm going to arrange audience for you, and I'm going to come to speak, to speak to you. So now, based on this verse, some of our sages said, oh, well, we're talking about the altar, right? We're talking about this is a fine fragrance on the altar with the animal that's burned and the fine flour and oil that's burned and the wine libation that's filled. And here God says he's going to meet you there. So obviously that meant that God spoke to Moses from the altar based on this verse. But others say no. Because if there's another verse that clearly says that I'm going to speak to you from the lid, the capoeiras, which is the lid on the ark. So there's two different uh, directions we have here. Is God speaking to Moses from on the copper altar for burnt animals, offerings? Or is he speaking to him in the, from the Holy of Holies, from the ark? So... This, from this opinion, which seems to hold from this very clear verse, now I'll speak to you from above the lid of the ark, sort of sounds like God talking to him from there, then what our verse here is talking about is not specifically the altar, but rather the general tent of meaning, the ohomoid, that is being mentioned in this verse. Now, continuing this theme, I shall meet there with the children of Israel, and I shall be sanctified through my honor. I shall meet there. I'll meet with them in conversation like a king who sits in a meeting place to speak there with his servants. The commentators focus on this wording of Rashi that when God is meeting with Moses, as we have two other verses that say that, Rashi doesn't give the parable of the king meeting with the people because that's not what's happening. It's God and Moses. You know, very, very close, very tight. But in this verse, which implies it's more like an audience with the Jewish people, already it's more ritualized. And formalized, and that's why we're giving the parable of like a king meeting with his servant. And this will be sanctified, the tabernacle shall be sanctified through my honor. So the simple explanation is that my divine presence, the Shekhinah, will rest on it, and that's how it will be sanctified through my honor. The Midrash says that instead of reading the word, through my honor, 
change the vowelization to read it Bechevudai, which means to my honored one. So this alluded to Moses, not that he necessarily knew this in advance, but after the fact, but this alluded to him that the temple is going to be dedicated with the death of the sons of Aaron. And, of course, here we don't say anything explicitly yet. It's a reference, it's an illusion. This is what Moses said much, much later when he said to Aaron, this is what God said to me with those that I am close to, I will be sanctified. So when the Holy One executes judgment against the righteous, fears, exalted, and lauded. Because people say, wow, if this is what he's doing against the righteous, could you imagine what he's going to do for the wicked? So where do we have this discussion, this final idea with this concept here? We have the second opinion that Bechvodi means that which is honorable to me. And the honor here is literally the people whose lives dedicate the tabernacle, the two sons of Aaron, Nadav and Avihu, and how they dedicated, sacrificed their life for the continuation of the tabernacle. Next verse. I shall consecrate the temple, the tent of meeting, and the altar, and Aaron and his son shall I consecrate to be the priest, the him to me. I shall rest among the children of Israel, and I shall be their God. They shall know that I am God, their God, who took them out of the land of Egypt, that I rest in their midst. I am God, their God. That I rest in their midst means this is a condition why I took them out, so to speak. I took them out conditionally that I will dwell in their midst. And now that we have the tabernacle and the altar and the construction and the ark, I can do it. This is great. 